You're listening to Transform Your Profits, the podcast for accountants who want to build a more profitable, successful, and impactful accounting firm. Your host is Reza Huda, a practice owner, mentor, and coach to accounting firm owners. Hello there and welcome to today's episode. I have with me an amazing accountant called Alex Falcon Huetta, who will be talking about her journey from Bedford in the UK to Bali, how she's managed to set up a 100% remote firm, which enables her to work from anywhere in the world. It's a fascinating conversation, and if this is something that uh, you are thinking about, perhaps thinking about how amazing it would be to work from the beaches of the Bahamas or the Balearics or indeed Bali, then this one is for you. And even if not, there are, uh, there are some things we can learn from Alex in terms of how she has structured her team setup, her processes, which enables her to work from anywhere with just her laptop. So without further ado, let's get stuck right in and I'll see you on the other side. So Alex is here. And in fact, Alex and I go back, you know, a fairly long way. The last, well, the last time Alex and I spoke was probably about four or five years ago at an accountant's event where we were both there. We were both learning about something from someone. And um, yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a while. So we've all, we've both kind of gone on a journey since then. It was good to catch up with Alex. We were just having a chat before kicking off today about, you know, where she is and what she's done. And she has achieved a hell of a lot in the last few years. So I'm excited to, to get into that with Alex. So if you're here, as always, you can ask any question you like, just put it in the comments below and I will put it to Alex. And if you have any comments or, um, you know, if you're liking what you hear, give us a thumbs up let us know that it's resonating with you. That would be awesome. So without further ado, let's get started. First of all, just a brief introduction, Alex, about yourself before we get stuck in. So take it away, Alex. Yeah, cool. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, so I obviously I launched uh, Soaring Falcon back in 2015 uh, to be digital, remote, paperless and all that stuff. Um, and my prime goal at the time was because I wanted to travel um, and I wanted to work internationally. Um, and so I basically put everything I possibly could in place to um, make sure that at some point I could actually do all the things I dreamed of doing um, in my, you know, my career. Um, so yeah, most of my clients are international, um, and they I look after their UK subsidiary, um, and then I help people from the UK, and I launch, uh, uh, and help people um, launch overseas as well. So, um, and there's probably like a theme around that. It's all around traveling, <laughs> so <laughs> finding people and clients around places I want to visit. Um, so it's not just like an overnight thing or COVID. It's something that I've had in the back of my mind uh, for years. Um, so yeah, just a little bit of background because I'm sure we're going to be talking quite a lot throughout this session anyway. So there you go. We are, we are indeed. So Alex, talk to me a little bit about your your practice. So what's the makeup of the practice? I know you're based in Bedford. So this mm -hmm. is my journey from Bedford to Bali. So you know, how many team members do you have? How long have you been trading? Just to give us kind of a, a sense of what your your practice looks like and how many years you had been trading before you made this this big big leap, which we'll, which we'll talk about next. So yeah, like um, I launched uh, the uh, Soaring Falcon back in um, <clears throat> 2015. So I've been trading for six years. Um, so it, it is a significant amount of time and, and I've learned a hell of a lot and I've had very many ups and downs, highs and lows. 
um, through all the challenges and listening to as many people as possible in terms of like the processes and what to do. Um, in terms of, um, you know, the whole process and, you know, the team size, um, I have a fully remote team in Philippines and in Sri Lanka, um, and I do have a couple of people in the UK. Um, and so that team has now grown to, again, quite a small team. There's there's, there's uh, 10, I guess, I think. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, instead of us. Um, and um, yeah, so that's grown over time slowly. Um, and in, in terms of, um, I can't remember the other thing that you said, Reza, sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a few yeah, questions in one. <laughs> yeah, right. you, you, you've been, um, yeah, so, so Alex is so laid back in that Bali mindset that you even forget. No. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been going a few years, 10 team members. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, before you actually went to Bali, what kind of, yeah, so what did, um, you know, what kind of things were you putting in place? And okay, talk to us now about that moment where you kind of, was it just an overnight thing that you thought, right, okay, I want to be able to run my practice from wherever I want to. And then uh, is that kind of, you know, the moment where you started to kind of put the building blocks in place to be able to make that happen? Talk us through kind of your thinking in that regard. Yeah, so I guess um, if you just kind of strip it back to about 2000 and, um, you know, 2013, 14, like all this cloud technology was coming out more and more. Um, and in my head, I was like, right, if I can do all this via cloud, I can essentially be based anywhere. And I've always traveled. Um, I've always, you know, I don't really spend my money on like, loads of like you know clothes and things like that it's more about what destination can I go to and I've done that pretty much since I was 16 um, and I've just gone traveling somewhere random in the world um, and I think that started off like going to Canada um, when I was 16 and so um, and I just experienced something and I thought this is what I want to continue doing for the rest of my life so when the cloud technology started coming out for accountancy um, it was just something that I wanted to do from the beginning of my business. And so I probably spent about six months researching all the different tech stack, which has completely changed now today, even six years later, technology changes really fast. Um, and so one, even during my first year of my business, of course, you know, I was working on it quite a lot to build it, but I still tested it. So I would go to Cyprus, for example, and I'll spend time there and I'll make sure that things were working from somewhere where I felt comfortable because uh, my brother lived um, where well, he lives in Cyprus. So I was in and out all the time. Um, and I even migrated from Office 365 to Google while I was abroad. Um, and, um, you know, I was on the phone to like, um, you know, the Google, you know, Google support and they were helping me do it. And I thought, like, whenever there's a problem you always think I need to get back to resolve that problem but you actually don't most of the th things you can do well actually everything you can do is you can just be based anywhere as long as you've got wi-fi <laughs> strong and it's and it's secure so everything that I've done I've, I've pretty much based it on the fact that I'm not going to be in this country then I think it got to about the third or fourth year my life and business goal was to travel once a month. I think it's probably the third year to travel somewhere once a month. Um, and so I was like, right, where can I go um, per month? And I'll just book it as I go along lastminute.com. Um, and so I, I went to like Moldova, Croatia, Montenegro, Australia, New Zealand, Athens, like well, Greece, Spain, 
like you name it, like anywhere I could go, I'd go to. Um, and, and and every time I'd bring my laptop with me um, and I'll just keep into kind of routine, whichever country that I was working from. Um, again, just researching my Wi-Fi and security. Um, and as long as I could work from somewhere, I was happy to kind of travel. And it just built up to the point where I was like, right, now I can go away for a long duration, which is what I'm doing now. <laughs> Amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> Real, real globe trotter you are. So, 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 talk to me about you mentioned tech stacks. Obviously, that was quite fundamental in enabling you to be able to work from anywhere. So, let's mm. talk about kind of your fundamental components of your tech stack because you know all accountants want to know the detail. You mentioned mm. Google. You move from Office to to Google. So, obviously, that's kind of a key component of what what uh, makes everything tick for you. What else is kind of uh, integral in in it? Um, in terms of your tech stack to enable you to, to work from anywhere? Um, so there's definitely, well, the fundamental is actually security. Um, mm -hmm. So it was actually making sure that I had the security because by the time you started adding on all the technology, you need to make it secure because obviously going to different like locations and making sure the Wi-Fi is secure, that was one of the prime areas. Um, and so I used a product called Bitium at the time um which then it? it was a product called bitium which is kind of extinct now because it got sold to google <laughs> okay. yeah so now i've implemented a product called product uh, so practice protect um so um again like they're based in funny enough bali um and uh in australia so um you know, so you, you get to know like all the apps that um, zero, I, I, I use zero, I don't use any other software, because um, it was just something that again, it was like super easy to use. And that was a cloud product. Anyway, other fundamentals was the accounting software. Again, I'm going to talk about products that I used to use things have changed so much. So mm. only product that I was able to use at the time was digital. It was the only one that had the cloud access, believe it or not. Um, and, and we're not only talking about six years ago, but mm. the technology wasn't there. So now we have our oh, tax cow, can we have zero? You know, they are cloud, fully cloud products, um, but we didn't have those products before. So it was making sure I can do accounts prep, making sure I can have a workflow system in place so I don't miss any deadlines and making sure that the practice was secure and we could do bookkeeping. Um, mm. the, the app stack was kind of, quite small back then so I knew zero before it had any add-ons then it had five then the second year it had 20 the third year it had 300 so it developed really really fast but over about three years and now yeah. over a thousand so I kind that's how I became to learn about the technology really early on because I knew them all like what well, intimately from early days so I was able to kind of um learn them inside out then not now <laughs> absolutely yeah so i guess one of one obviously you you mentioned there about um having a practice management solution that enables you to kind of monitor deadlines and ensure you know the team are aware of what needs to be done by when so talked about what is your your practice management solution of choice to make sure that the system is there to ensure nothing falls through the cracks yeah like i mean it's really when you say about um some of the um app stacks i mean originally I used uh, I used practice manager for, with zero and mm. I actually still continue to use that because it works really well for me uh, because I, I customized it but I used it in the practice before when zero purchased it 
um and uh, for me like everything integrates because i use like practice ignition and i use slack and i use zapier um, and everything is just fully automated um but once something is fully automated it's then really hard to move away from a product because it becomes part of your puzzle um but again there's so many cool um workflow managers out there i think it's just really deciding like what's best for your practice because like for example pixie is like a really good product and like I want to move over to Pixie, but it's then having where I've now, I feel a bit more like a traditional firm now. I'm like, oh no, I've got like this product and I have to move over uh, because it's got like extra additional features. But now it's like when we do move, it's like a big job. So I don't feel as agile as I used to be. But if you're a new practice and for sure, like there's definitely products out there that would work really, really well from the offset. Um, mm. But then like for me, like I use practice manager because it was available to me at the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now there is, um, yeah, there is, everyone has a tendency of kind of succumbing to shiny new toy syndrome, isn't it? So new software comes out. And now, like you said, we are sport for choice. There are so many new products coming to market and so many things that are good at what they do. But then on the flip side, there is this tendency that we have that are we missing out? You know, the FOMO that we get that, oh, we've got this solution, but actually there's this new toy that does this, this and this. And are we missing out by not moving to it? And the danger there is that you end up just, you know, um, spending lots of time and energy just moving from one system to another, whereas just dedicating yourself to one which does most of the things you need it to do is kind of sufficient. And there are other things that perhaps are, are more important to be worked on. So. So how do you let's let's start uh, answering some of the questions before I before I do how the the big one really is because obviously when you have a remote uh, when you're working remotely there are two fundamentals really that you need to have in place and you've just talked about the process that you've got in place but the other is the people you've got to have the right people to run the process to enable you to do what you do and work from from anywhere and, and live that lifestyle so give us some of the um, you know, some of your thinking, what kind of things you put in place, how you structured your team to be able to run the processes, to be able to run the practice, to allow mm. you to work from uh, from anywhere. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it does go down to basics. So if I if we strip it back before having any kind of any employees and just just being on my own, um, you know, and and then when you're when you start up a practice and then essentially you then have to then start to employ people you then have to educate and teach those what to do how you do it how you would like things to get done and so in my mind i was like right if i document and post document everything that i do then it's going to save me the time to then teach somebody and so what essentially i done is i set up um confluence and then i have because it's done in spaces so i then set things up where um where you've got like the how-tos, like your, your wiki internally. So you've got how-tos per in, for the internal systems and then you've got your how-tos per client. So it's all segregated with like bookkeeping accounts, management accounts, any cool things that we do extra for those um, clients because we have hybrid roles in the firm. Um, and so uh, it just means that we do more than just finances. Um, and so it was important that we documented it per client so it means that whoever i employ they will have the full background of that particular client and how that client likes to be treated rather than me having to spend my time um with every single new person that starts and then say to them this is how they like it so i've just done like videos and things like that and explained a little bit about the client a little bit about their process a little bit how i'm involved whether they're a mate whether they're not like just the whole 
like background of all of that stuff and it's all accessible so it just means that whoever you recruit wherever they are because you don't need to recruit people in the uk um that they've got access and because it's all cloud and digital they can access everything and the beauty about having the cloud technology in the app stack is it can be accessed from anywhere in the world so you don't necessarily need to pick somebody again from the uk um so we've selected a team that are fully qualified in ACCA, for example, and that's yeah. my preference. Yeah, amazing. No, that's that's bang on, really, kind of having you um, uh, disseminating that knowledge in the form of videos and systems that your team can then pick up and follow so you don't have to then, uh, you know, train them each time something new happens. So just talk to us a little bit. So in terms of the detail, where do you actually, you know, what system do you use? Do you house them within so a software or is it just kind of a playbook in, in Google Docs or something? Where do you house those systems, those Loom videos for? The so, yeah, they're all in um, Confluence. So I don't know if you heard me mention it. Before. Confluence. Yeah, I think you mentioned something, but I've never heard of it. Confluence. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the product. So, um, okay. so like most of my, so we predominantly work with technology SaaS models. So when you work with technology companies, they always research things to make their life efficient and to make things like really cool and and fast and interlinked and everything. So I don't know if anybody does work with technology, but when you start looking at their bills and when you do their bookkeeping and you start looking at their own app stack and things like that, you start to see the products they use and you start to see them regularly, like and consistently within most of the technology companies. That's when I start researching, go, oh, what does that do? Mm. <laughs> you learn a little bit more about it. And it's not to do with accounting. Like it's to do with systems and processes. If a technology company is using it, it's probably going to be good for most of your clients. Yeah. So Confluence is basically a place where you can house your all your how-tos in one place, right? And you have a company wiki on there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right in terms of, you know, looking further afield and not being so kind of pigeonholed in terms of just looking at products that are made for the accountancy market. I mean, we, we use um, we use Notion to do something similar. And Notion is an amazing. I was going to say Notion. Yeah. So other, it's like usually Notion. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it just. Yeah, I, I love it. I use it kind of to, to manage, you know, my, my three businesses and my life and everything and it, everything just works. And if you've got a piece of software that is helping you to to get a, to, to be efficient, to work efficiently, then that's, you know, that's a good thing. That's going to help you to spend your time in the right place. Yeah. So uh, brilliant confluence. I like it. Right. Let's um, let's start answering some of these questions. So uh, Jody is asking, have your clients been supportive of the work anywhere move? Hi, Jody. She's a friend. <laughs> How are you doing? Um, yeah, so um, basically, um, you know, before lockdown, I used to think, oh, you know, when I travel, like I'll let people know. But um, I thought if I, I'm not necessarily don't tell them my every move because that's not fair. But essentially what I did is I'll say to people, like, I'm going to be away, I'm going to travel, I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to be doing that, et cetera. And the clients that are attracted to what we do, essentially are happy with what I do because they're similar minded. And so essentially I've created a client base who are happy with how we operate and how we work. You know, I still work when I'm abroad and I still have my meetings, but what COVID has allowed us to do is really strengthen the fact that um, in our, our processes, but to then our clients to then feel comfortable to have Zoom meetings 
and then know that it's okay and they can still get the support that they need, irrespective of whether it's a Zoom meeting or a face-to-face meeting. I mean, we all love a face-to-face meeting, having a glass of wine or a beer together. That can't ever change. And you always need that human interaction. But when you come to things like a pandemic and you're looking after your well-being for yourself and for your clients and for your team, then it puts you into a different situation where you can then say, right, well, if I'm going to be stuck at home for the next year, do you want to be in your home location? The answer for me to that personally was no. Like, if I can be anywhere, where would I want to be? And so I placed myself in Bali and then had the best of both worlds. And then it allowed me to then not only work with my clients, but to they really understood where I was coming from and vice versa. And I've actually encouraged and supported other clients to then work remotely. So some of them end up going to Portugal, for example, because they were inspired by what I was doing. I then signed up clients being away because they were like, well, she's actually doing it. She's actually got the systems in place. That's what we want in our business. So it was a win, really. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I guess at the end of the day, you know, as long as you're keeping clients happy, as long as they're getting their their stuff done that you've promised them to do. And as long as they've, mm-hmm. there are people servicing them that are answering their queries promptly and efficiently, then it, it doesn't really matter. And like you say, it kind of inspires people. And um, I don't know whether you've read the book for our work week, but essentially it's that, it's that mindset that, you know, the old, the old mindset of work where, you know, we would slog away for 30, 40 years um, in anticipation of this retirement where we're going to start, you know, doing the things we want to do. That's kind mm-hmm. of really old school thinking that uh, why, why can't you kind of you know enjoy retirement now like have mini retirements actually live the life that you want and build a business around you that allows you to do all the things that you want to do whilst you're still young enough and have the energy to do it so absolutely um, makes sense Alex being being an inspiration to your clients as well Colin is asking what do you miss about being in one office what do I miss about being in an office I mean I haven't worked in an office for years um <laughs> so I don't really miss anything. <laughs> no offense. Um this yeah, like genuinely, like um I even being when I was in an office um in, in my employment, um I remember sitting at my desk thinking, I've got to sit here nine till five and I'd smash my workout and I'd be like, what should I do for the rest of the time? I'll be like, I could probably work a little bit later or, you know, so I think I've had it in the back of my mind about not being in an office. Um, I really struggle with that that side of things, hence why I'm more of an outdoorsy person. I'd rather be sitting in a cafe um, with a beach view. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> <laughs> follow-on question from that then um yeah. and what about your, your team are your team office-based or are they fully remote as well and how how do they kind of handle so, so are, they, are they in an office first or are they fully remote as well no fully remote yeah, yeah. fully remote okay so how do they is it an issue that they um don't get to have that kind of social interaction that comes with um, being in an office or do you have alternatives that you set up to allow them to still feel part of a team so it's all a little bit strange right now because we've got COVID. But the plan was, I mean, everyone's probably going to come to Bali at some point. Wow. Um, <laughs> and like, we're gonna like have our little retreats there and things cool. like that. But before that, we used to travel. So we'd go to, like, I took the team to Montenegro, for example. We went to Amazing. Croatia and Malta, no, Croatia, Bosnia. Um, Montenegro went white water rafting. Um, and, 
you know, really did cool things like that. So you bring them together in other ways. And if you say to a team, like, where would you rather be? What would you rather do? Like, like, do you, do you want to like take regular holidays or like meet up in certain places and have remote working? Then you know what the answer is going to be. But it's it's very very flexible. So the times are, you know, of course they need to meet the client demands and the deadlines and things like that. But otherwise, it's quite flexible. Um, and I think most people nowadays they prefer that and. I was in that generation where that's what I wanted for ages. So again, like I know COVID hasn't got like a positive side, but the part that is good is that it's forcing something that a lot of us have wanted for a long time. And it's going to force bosses to essentially implement that going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I talk about that a lot in terms of, you know, we, we adopted a, um, a ROI, a results only work environment two or three years ago, um, which is quite alien at the time that people can work when, where and how they want as long as the work gets done. But, you know, mm. the, the kind of the silver lining of the pandemic has been that there's been this, um, you know, realization that work can happen without seeing your employees with their bums on seats. Mm. Um, that's a good thing that, you know, people are able to now uh, allow their team members to work when, where and how they want and focus really on the work as opposed to focusing on mm. the people, just trusting the people to get their work done. Um, mm. Most people. Yeah, but the thing is, when, when you talk about the trust side of it, yeah, of course, there is a trust side of it. And you do need to be a little bit chilled when it comes to things like that. But also remember that they are there are cloud softwares that you've got cloud management software so you can see what's going on and then you can see when the deadlines have been met so it's more about like if you want to like look into it you can do if you want to mm, yeah absolutely yeah having those tools to to give you that um uh that access and that ability to manage so charlie here from facebook is asking did you say you have over a thousand clients no i didn't say that <laughs> 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 how many Where clients do you have approximately um we've we've got probably about uh, about 70 um so in terms of client size and in terms of how many clients i think again that's kind of i wouldn't say relevant but we go for like large high quality clients and quantity um and again i mentioned that we have like hybrid roles within our company so we do more than just finances so we have like split people who are really involved in clients and then we take on all their finances as well so they we've got some clients who have never had an account a finance department we've pretty much been their remote finance team for years yeah so when you when you say hybrid what do you mean just that essentially you provide that full full finance function service yeah. to clients no, so, so a hybrid role isn't necessarily a finance function. So they could be involved in like billing and some customer support tickets and supporting like the directors. So it's not necessarily just finance. It's doing everything else for them. So wherever the director needs support on, if it's something that we can do, we just document it. We understand and learn the process. And we're like, right, okay, we can take it on. So if it's something that we, it's like something that isn't going to work. If anything, if you can document something and put a checklist or a process together, it can be outsourced. So yeah. if we take that on, we'll do it. Okay. Yeah, that's very interesting. So what kind of, um, so you mentioned admin is one area, customer service is another area. Do you have like uh, packages and, and how do you, how do you kind of price for these things? If it's, it does it kind just, of proper uh, or is it certain things that you, you no, do? No, we just like give them an employee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically, we don't give it. We have like our, it's like a fixed fee per month and um, yeah, they're like an employee to them and it works really well. So, um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, basically we get to be more involved 
in their business because we're providing the support and it takes the pressure off. Um, and then we get visibility on how it works internally. So if somebody's come from practice and they like industry and they love industry, it's like the best of both worlds, I think. Absolutely. Okay. So someone's saying interested in your remote team. I'm not sure whether you said this, but what's the split of staff in the Philippines, Sri Lanka, and the UK? Do you so I don't think it's a split? Like it's like 30, 30, 30, to be fair. So um okay. yeah, but that's because they're because they're really early days, and so we're growing both Philippines and Sri Lanka. So we kind of keep them as even as possible. Okay, amazing. So 30, 30. And, and in terms of the roles that uh, you've got going on, say, in the Philippines and Sri Lanka, what are they doing for you out there? Is that mainly kind of compliance work or do they have uh, client contact? Yeah, they have. I mean, they're amazing. Like my team are like, honestly, I can't even say this enough, but they're like the best team ever. <laughs> so like they, they support me with anything and everything that I need help on. I've just gone through like really difficult time personally and they just all stepped up and helped out um and i honestly like i couldn't really appreciate the amount of effort and work that they've put into it but uh, but they cover all grounds for the business and i just i just feel very fortunate that i've got this system going on it's all feels like it's kind of all come together but it's not happened overnight <laughs> so mm. now i've learned and underst understood the cultures like the principles how people operate how people run you know it's allowed me to get to this stage where i am now you know where i don't need to take my laptop everywhere yeah cool and have you ever visited the staff in the philippines and sri lanka no because it's all on lockdown <laughs> <Of course. laughs> so, um, if, yeah. if someone is interested in trying to, you know, build up a remote team with with people from, say, you know, building an offshoring team, yeah. where did you go? Did you go to an agency? How did you go about hiring them? Did you use sites like Upwork or? You know, I mean, I mean, with that side of things, I'd probably say just to get in touch because obviously, um, for those sorts of things, that I I actually do run that through um, that startup practice. Um, so any kind of anything like that in terms of remote working, then happy to put you in touch or whatever. But uh, yeah, I'll keep that on the lowdown. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. You can get in touch with Alex if you want to know how you can build your remote team in Philippines and Sri Lanka. Ashley's <laughs> asking, if you were setting up your business today, what software would you use? If I was what setting up your business today, what as in um, my accountancy firm or something different? Yeah, yeah. yeah your accountancy firm, I would imagine. What software? <laughs> um, what software would I use? Um, probably to what I've got now, like Zero, uh, Dext, not Receipt Bank. Um, uh, what, uh, what else can I think of? Um, I can't even think of the software. <laughs> <laughs> the same as you, because it works, right? What what you're doing at the moment oh, is yeah, working for you. Practice Ignition. So again, yeah. that like helps me automate all my proposals and everything. Um, yeah, so they're the three main ones I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, and Tony's asking, what software was that? That was a while ago. I think uh, we were talking about Confluence at the time, Antonio, so check that one out. Uh, what would your advice be to a would-be startup business? Um, read my book. <laughs> What's um, uh, so it's The uh, Secrets of Business for Young Entrepreneurs. There you go. <laughs> I don't think uh, Reza's quite young, but yeah. Yes. 
there's like there's so many things that we could go into about starting up a business but um always start with the fundamentals in terms of like your app stack especially like with bookkeeping accounting software and uh crm uh just purely because once you've got those in place you can start adding all of them on and i appreciate that there's a lot but there are people like myself and reza that are willing to kind of help and guide you absolutely how long did it take you to document and what did you use to do it i think this, this kind of question came in when we were talking about the um about confluence so i'm yeah. guessing that just built up over time just add add to it yeah so um i literally like i know this is an old school book but i did read the e-myth um like years ago um and together with other other um other books and speaking to people and they said like you know if you want to sell your business like it's going to be it's going to be more valuable if it's all documented I was like oh yeah okay so I I just genuinely did it from the beginning and I knew that when I'm trying a, to do and look after and build a business I could I didn't really have the time to then train trainees and things like that new people I was really struggling and I was like how can I do this in a better way so that's where all the that's when compliments came in because one of my clients used it and said use that mm, yeah absolutely and that, that's fundamental anyone kind of starting up a practice and looking to hire that's you know th that practice of actually documenting what you're doing is um you know it, it won't be it won't be the most most urgent thing you have to do but it certainly is important and that will be a foundation and help you to do great things later on by documenting your processes so i agree i can recommend it enough um, as you're a remote in question from Imran, as you are remote, are you remote team? What productivity tools do you use to track work? So zero practice manager, I think you answered that one, didn't you? Yeah, so zero practice manager. Um, we've used Slack for a while as well. So the team have like some form of like communication. Um, yeah, so I see like all of the notifications coming in on that where they interact and help and talk to each other. Um, yeah, we have their, um, they have their, um, their team huddles uh i think three times a week <laughs> good zach's asking do you narrow your services to bookkeeping management accounts which are commoditized or all services such as tax planning and audit so we do everything apart from audit so i'm not audit registered um, but i outsource that um and then like i mentioned before we do other bits and pieces for clients as well so like their payments or their payroll or their cash flow or their budgets or their billing or their software the customer support so just a whole range really just depends what they're after um but as i said like we don't have like hundreds and thousands of clients we kept it very very small um so that we can just take care of them as and when we need um and just make sure they're looked after yeah i think you answered this one as well in terms of what you might support directors with that was when you're talking about admin customer service that sort of thing right any anything I think like when you onboard a client and if you ask them what their goals are and what they want to do more particularly, a lot of them that some people like actually want to be on the tools. So they say some people don't want to be, they want to spend more time with family or whatever. So if you kind of work out and speak to them and ask them the right questions at the very, very beginning, what they're after, and you can find a solution to help them and to minimize. So you can either take the work on yourself or recruit, help them recruit somebody to take on that work. Then you're doing your job in terms of making sure that they're not doing the things that they're not supposed to be doing. And if you look at their time value, they could be 
doing quotes and estimates for what they're good at doing or what they enjoy doing and not doing their admin and their finances. So if you can take that away from them, that's more relevant. And bearing in mind everything, most things can be done remotely. So you can either do it with your team or hire somebody to help them. Mm, absolutely. So do you have kind of, um, I presume because you're, you're doing this now, you've kind of picked up what the requirements are in terms of these ad additional services on the admin, perhaps the, the operation side of things that you're getting involved with. When you're having those initial uh, prospect conversations, do you um do you kind of you, you put together kind of some sort of package to say well you know we can take this off you and that off you and yeah. you know where, how, if you give us an example of say one client what industry they in and how you know what you've taken away from them that say an ordinary accountancy firm wouldn't think of or, or wouldn't normally be doing um so uh yeah so again like most of them are SaaS models so we we always start off with um uh, for example, like just doing the basics. And then when you get to learn that client, it's like, what else are they doing? Always have your check-in points, always find out what's going on. So you know that you know what's happening in the business or whatever, what support that they need. And then slowly you can, once they, because some people like they need to see that you're doing a good job and that they can trust and rely on what you're providing them. And, you know, I'm not saying that's been perfect. Like we did fail a few times at the beginning, but then we like, We've then strengthened those processes. And then over time, we've then learned, right, we can do that. Because we're niche with a certain client, like once we've learned how to do it for one, it's then copy and paste onto another. So it becomes that model then really, really strengthens. And then it allows us to take more and more on. So, you know, then we'd take on the payroll payments, for example, would be really next step. Um, and we don't need bank access because we'll use Telleroo. Um, and then... Um, for example, we'll take on. Uh, we get. We got to the point with with this particular client where they were just getting so so busy. It's like right. So should we just take on a full time member of staff, and then they kind of do work fifty fifty for us, and then fifty fifty like fifty fifty for the client. So it's like that. It's like then split time. So they'll then split their days between doing work for the client and then work for us. So it's. It really depends per client what their needs and requirements are and whether or not it's something you want to go down because it's taken us quite a long time to get to this stage. Um, but we've start we've recognized that our need client require it. And so we've worked around it. But it's not going to be the same for everybody. So again, we have like SaaS clients mainly. Um, and so I don't know, like pl a plumber sole trader is not going to need all of that. But a plumber who's got like 10 or 15 employees who's quite large end might require that. So, again, it really depends on the size of client and what you actually offer. But you can build your practice to whatever direction you want to build it in. That's how I decided to do mine. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up in terms of, you know, the power of niching, you know, knowing who your ideal client is and understanding what uh, what they need and then tailoring your solution to be able to provide them with with the service that's going to give them value. So you've clearly made that work for you. So you said your, your niche is technology SaaS companies, is that right? Yeah, it's mainly technology, but we do have like, you know, our 10 questions. Well, I can't remember that all of them on top of my head, right? But it's like you just make sure that they match your criteria because how many times have you signed up a client and then they don't really match what you do or what you like and then they've not been your ideal client and they've either left or you've had to get rid of them. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> 
Indeed. Okay, Alice is asking, I'm planning on going traveling this summer for around six months at the same time, set up and run my accountancy company from wherever I am in the world. What are the things to look out for and key things to make sure this runs smoothly? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, sounds exciting. Um, uh, so uh, if you want, again, just security, like uh, that, I'd highly re recommend security is the main thing. Um, just making sure that wherever you are, that you're like covered in terms of like insurances and things like that. Protect the security is like really high and high end because there's a lot of hackers globally. Um, and so just making sure that's in place. Um, making sure that you have like tested your systems that they do work globally uh, or in other countries. Because for example, um, like, it will, they will then you'll get like messages sent back to you to say, oh, that you're in a different country. Can you log on? So I've not had to report back, but I think zero is the main one that will say that you're in a different location. So if you've got your like authenticator set up on your phone, just make sure that that does work. Because I changed my mobile phones and I didn't set it up at one point. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, bugger, like I can't access it. So I, it took me ages to kind of go round circles and support systems to fix it. So it's just making sure that you've got your authentication in place on your mobile phone so you can access things. Mm. Um, there's so many things. Uh, what else? <laughs> Key things. Um, I think that's probably enough for now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we've only got a few minutes left. We've got uh, still about five or six questions to go through. So let's see if we can go through them very quickly. So make sure everyone leaves with an answer to their question. Um, so ready fire round. <laughs> Why did you split your offshore team into different areas? So I think there's a couple of questions asking the same thing. So why why some in Philippines and, and Sri Lanka? Yeah, so um, when you start to offshore and you learn about different cultures and different countries, you then learn it's not, <laughs> it's not the same as the UK and everything runs smoothly. So um, basically like weather was the main reason. <laughs> like. I didn't, you know, you don't think like, oh, it's going to be a storm. But, you know, it's not like the UK when the storm is going to be little and tiny. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to be down for a day. I was like, what? <laughs> We've got deadlines. <laughs> so it was really about business risk. Um, and also, I just wanted to go to Sri Lanka and the Philippines. Um, uh, so genuinely, like it was, it was like mitigating a business risk in terms of different countries. So, mm. um and also finding and locating ACCA people as well. So it was really important to me um, is to make sure that they were fully remote and um, again, building in different countries as well. So essentially I want to build like a 24 hour team. Just a fun similar, similar question there, just kind of adding, how, how do you select your remote team? Uh, yeah, so again, the same as my clients, I have a quite big criteria with the types of people that we we hire. So um, again, you know, we did. I did my research. I found certain companies. Um, I tested them before I signed them up. Um, their quality of work, their ethic, um, different things, and you know, I tried different countries as well. You know, including Zimbabwe and India. Um, not to say that they weren't any good. They were. It's just that the other countries they came up higher for us and to what we wanted to deliver. So um, not to say we're not gonna go to the other countries, we probably will, but just uh, one thing at a time, because I'm gonna be building a team in Bali as well. Cool. What CRM do you use? Is it just Zero Practice Manager or have you got something else? 
just zero practice manager um, okay. because I think a lot of the stuff is also saved in practice ignition. Absolutely. Have you hired someone that deals with the day-to-day -day management of your practice? I have. <laughs> so is that kind of a practice management type and, and where are they based in the world? They're based in the UK. So yeah. They're in the UK. Brilliant. So they'd kind of do the heavy lifting for you. Is that right? Mm, yeah, I think it's a team effort. <laughs> cool. Uh, actually, why, why did you move from Microsoft 365 to Google? Was that the security issue? No, it was to do with, um, it was downtime with Microsoft, always constant updates. And I was like, it was horrendous. And the cost, um, actually, the you know, actually I have zero downtime with Google, whereas I had loads of downtime with Microsoft. It could have changed because that was six years ago. Um, so, yeah, but um, I prefer Google. Indeed. Right. Last question. Does your team work UK hours or their local nine to five? Uh, they all work different hours. Um, some of them work nine till five. Some of them work six till two. Just whatever really works for the country. <laughs> Brilliant. Good stuff. Okay, let's uh, let's bring it to an end. Alex, thank you very much for your time today. I think that's been a value to you. If you've been watching and you've got some uh, you've got some tangible takeaways there. If you are thinking of, uh, of of running your practice from anywhere in the world, because Alex has shown today that it's clearly possible to to work from anywhere, as she does now running her practice from Bali. So if you have any further questions, just put them in the. If you're watching this on on replay, then you can put them into the uh, comments. And uh, I think Alex is in the group, so I'm sure she'll be happy to answer. Otherwise, you know, feel free to connect with Alex on the usual places. Is that right, Alex? Where are you most active uh, these days on social media? Um, probably the best place is just to send an email. So uh, for now, so just alex at soaring-falcon.co.uk because I'm more likely to see that. <laughs> so. Oh, excellent. So, yep. Do that, and uh, yeah, if you want to, this will be going on a replay soon onto YouTube and on uh, the podcast as well, Transform Your Profits for Accountants. So be sure to check it out there. Otherwise, hope that's been useful. Thank you so much again, Alex, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care, everyone. Bye for now. See ya. <laughs>